after the fire. There was no military. The officials didn't know about it for 12 hours. Citizens were left to clean up bodies. I mean, it was an actual horror scene. And I would, I would say the death count is in the thousands. This is Monica Perez here with the fabulous Shelby Hosanna of Unjected. You have seen us share a screen before on the Union of the Unwanted, and I have got in line to have her on this show to share her story, stories. She's got a couple of really fascinating things going on with us. Shelby, thank you so much for being here. Aloha, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm so glad that we finally got to connect. Yes, and I'm sure that you, so many people were interested in what you had to say about Maui, which is what the Union of the Unwanted was about. Yeah. But when I started to understand where you were coming from and what you were up to, I became very interested in your business endeavor. And then furthermore, your journey to where you got to that place. And then we can talk about like what's happening in your actual outside your window after that. But so so tell us, you know, introduce yourself to my audience, if you don't mind, and tell us about your journey and what you're doing. All right. Well, yes, I am Shelby Hosanna. I am a mother of three uh, living in Maui, Hawaii, not originally from this beautiful place, but I've been here for about 10 years now. Um, you know, and like many other of us, our, my experience with big karma, as I call them, uh, you know, was because <laughs> I was hard myself. And uh, it was actually when I was a teenager, there was a, a, you know, a woman doctor who told me, oh, you should take the HPV Gardasil vaccine. Uh, you know, it's this revolutionary uh, cancer preventative. I mean, yada, yeah, it's like the same narrative you could hear, just replace, you know, one shot for another, uh, just to today. And um, eerily similar, it was a three-part series. After the third injection, I developed a myriad of heart conditions. And I, you know, I was a healthy, thriving teenager to I couldn't even go upstairs anymore. Um, or, you know, when I was asleep, my heart would jump into the 200s. Uh, and, you know, I could barely function anymore. And what happened is I became immediately a patient to Big Pharma. You know, mm -hmm. they successfully had you know, captured me in, got me on other medications to, uh, you know, alleviate the symptoms they caused from their uh, initial harm, right? And, um, but no one at the time knew that this was a vaccine injury, you know? Uh, doctors would just say, maybe this is an, an anomaly. Yes, I know. I had that experience once. They, some doctor gave me a pill. I don't even know what it was for. And I called her back and I said, it's like making me lightheaded. She said, that would be a very unusual side effect. So I'm not going to report it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, right. that's why you think that's it's unusual. Happening to you. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody is reporting it. But yeah, I was super, uh, I have to give a hat tip to Greg Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats for having on his show a couple of gals who wrote the HPV vaccine on trial. And yes. because of that, I that's when I started to look into vaccines and I prevented my daughter from getting that. And like that really changed everything, but just yeah. in the nick of time because 
there was people literally, my pediatrician told me I was superstitious for not. I was like, I'm not super, read this book. <laughs> More like, um, you know, hey, you're hindering my insurance buyout. So, you know, that yes. makes me suspicious of you, uh, you know, because yes. we know that they're sellouts. It's the money. Like, I think they make a lot of money. I think that's their main revenue stream is vaccines. Tens like, you wouldn't think so. Yeah. The main revenue stream for a pediatrician is vaccines. Oh, yeah. And they have to have every single patient be vaccinated. That's their caveat, right? You know, so you might be hindering them from getting their $60,000 bonus, just one patient alone. And so that's why they treat you so so viciously, right? Yes, um, yes. But, you know, so no one, they, you know, these physicians, they, you know, they regurgitate information that is from the medical schools, which is you know, straight from pharma, you know, they write the textbooks, they pay for the schools, you know, they, these, these individuals really, quite frankly, don't know any better that they're breaking the Hippocratic oath. But, you know, they didn't know any better. Once I was older, and actually, I was pregnant with my, my daughter, my first, that's when I started deep diving into the, the vaccine in uh, complex. And I, I was shocked. And I go, wow, I think I had a vaccine injury from Gardasil. And I started doing my timeline. And I go, that's exactly when I was injured. And, you know, so, you know, have I clinically been um, diagnosed with that? No. Well, <laughs> um, you know, get, uh, many others, I'm sure, experienced yeah. the same. Never. Um, but, you know, that's what I learned about the lack of control studies, that there's not one childhood vaccine that has a real control study. And yes, that's mind-bending once you actually realize this. <laughs> That's what I was listening to on the Carwood um, podcast is that the control, like the placebo, is not saline. It has vaccine. the adjuvant in it. It has the only thing it doesn't have is dead, useless virus, but it has the adjuvant, the thing that harms you. And um I agree that like you're you probably will never know, but my kids and I know a lot of people their age have this fainting. It's vasovagal syncope. So I looked into it and it is a, it's in VARES as a recoverable side effect of the meningitis vaccine. But wow. I didn't even think about it until so far after. I just don't remember. But then I realized like, wow, this is like in the books. Oh, Watch yeah. out because kids faint. So I'd like ask people like nobody in my generation faints it and people in the next generation faint. And I actually think it's one of those things, but we're probably never going to get like, who's going to prove that? I would say most everything is a vaccine injury these days. I mean, after the 1986 Injury Act, where they took literally all liability away from these pharmaceutical companies, what do we see? Autism skyrocketing, uh, you know, eczema, allergies just skyrocketing. Children have this mere, just all of these, um, you know, myriad of conditions, you know, these days. And they're like, oh, my kid's healthy. It's like, no, they're not. You know, look deeper. There's something else that's going on here. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't know about the control studies. They don't realize they've never been fully tested because they're taught to just trust in these, in these individuals. And, um, of course, we saw the same thing in, in 2020, 2021, the mass mandates with people, you know, completely not hindering any warning at all. And I'm sure you remember the feeling. And they go out and get their vaccine and they get their vax card and then post a selfie on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, this is just the, the, like, I literally was just like, the, this is the most right. mortifying experience in in my lifetime right now to be watching these people I love, what, you know, what I be considered quite 
uh, lining up for a lethal injection. And so there was like a lot of grieving there as well. Just like, wow, what is going to happen to these people that we love? And um, feeling ostracized and slandered that, you know, we you know we were the, the oddballs out. And, and thankfully, I had already built up that armor from, you know, rejecting childhood vaccines for my, my daughter and my children. And so I'd already been used to be called, you know, the murderer or... Yeah, I had never heard any unvaxxed person say, I hope vaxxed people die. Right. But I did hear that. I really, like, I really (laughs) hope I'm wrong. Like, I, I, you know, half the people I love took that path. It's crazy. I hope we're all healthy. Yes, yes. Let's hope that this horrible thing I'm worried about is not true. Like, I would love that. Thank you. Let's hopefully that's how it'll pan out. Although it's not panning out that way, but... Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's not looking good. And so what did we see? Not so coincidentally at the same time as the, you know, if the shots rolled out, it was hundreds of thousands of women anecdotally reporting having menstrual changes after getting the vaccine or being with a vaccinated partner, uh, even as far as working in closed office buildings where, you know, you're surrounded by vaccinated individuals. And Pfizer, of course, uh, lovely them. They had released their first little dibbles of uh, clinical trials. And it's, you know, around page nine, they start diving into uh, exposure to trial participants, which was something that I found that a lot of people overlooked. And specifically on this page, exposure to a trial participant, uh, which is, you know, i.e. what I would consider to be shedding of the spike protein, Uh, they consider it within 30 days of uh, conception. So what that would mean, if you were a man working around a a bunch of vaccinated individuals, um, even you were unvaccinated, you go home and you impregnate your wife, that's considered an exposure in pregnancy. And they even say, don't have unprotected sex if you've been vaccinated. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not kidding. And so they were saying, were they saying, were they using that definition to say, look at all these healthy babies who were exposed to the vaccine? Or were they saying, watch out, like this is a warning? I, I of course, saw it as a warning. You know, right, they, right. they wanted, you know, obviously it was their hint that, hey, the spike protein, we know that it is one in uh, skin contact, sweat. It is in saliva. It is in all bodily fluids, right? So uh, even breast milk. uh, So this exchange can happen uh, even through exosomes, just being through the air. You're getting spike protein exposure. And they admit that it's, quote, contagious. And I I have to say, I I wasn't even sure COVID was real until people started getting it, which was after the vaccine came out. So so then and then I still didn't get it until I came into close contact with a freshly vaccinated person. And I and it was the first time in a year. Like, so it was about a year. Yeah, it's about a year. And I was like, not worried, not worried, not worried. And I was just like, yeah. oh, and I literally took a step back and I was like, I might get this from this person. And I did. And I did get it. I got it two days later. It was like, wow, well, that was easy to trace. It is not that it's shedding the COVID virus because we know that they've never successfully, um, you know, isolated the COVID virus. I could not taste or smell for like two weeks after that. And I was sick. But I mean, it was like not sick because I was congested and couldn't smell. There was, you know, it was definitely that artificial bioweapon thing. 
Yeah, it was. was Crawled up my nose and turned it off. Yeah, Yeah. bioweapon. Absolutely, I had the same. Actually, I had the same exact experience after Baxed. Like family friends, they came to visit, and I yeah, yeah, literally COVID. I never got tested, but um, I assume. But wasn't it it weird? Was it a weird? Some people say it wasn't a weird sickness, but for me, it was definitely a weird. Any coffee, which was like horrible for me, because I love the smell of coffee. Like. I can't smell anything. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, you know, so exposure in in pregnancy, you know, that was fi- like the kind of the final alarm bell. You know, all these women with their menstrual issues, the exposure, you know, quite literally being explained by Pfizer. Uh, so, you know, we knew we needed that a place for people to find safe partners, safe friendships. Uh, you know, during this time also, we were seeing those, uh, it was the height of the mandates, you know, people being... Uh, kicked out of businesses. And, you, you know, we remember that weird time. And so we uh, originally launched as an app for the Apple and Google Play Store uh, for dating and friendships <laughs> community. Right. Um, it got really tricky very fast. Um, like within our first 60 days, we had gotten about over 60,000 members. And a reporter had reached out to Apple to get a comment about, hey, Apple, why do you let all of these anti-vaxxers uh, live on the app store. And this is crazy. Uh, and they they just deleted us that day. Um, they kind of basically changed their terms and agreements to uh, erase us off of the Apple store. Uh, just that we were spreading harmful misinformation due to the COVID pandemic and we were not a medical establishment. Uh- <laughs> but, but you weren't really, you weren't really giving the information. You were just offering a portal for people to interact with each other, right? And had you invested a lot in that? Like, how did you build that app? Like, do do you know how to build an app or did you pay somebody? Like, was it, yeah, I mean, I would not know the, I barely know how to use an app, but I like (laughs) definitely not building it myself. But I don't, you know, maybe there's a, like an easy way to do it these days. I've learned a lot. (laughs) You know, I I, know I don't, I have no prior experience in the tech world. Uh, So actually, there was a third-party company that d- does the zeros and ones, as I like to call it, yeah. on the back end. All of the very complicated uh, template was already coded out, and so then, um, you know, using YouTube tutorials, um, we uh, we would stay up and uh, code the front end key codes. Wow, features. So it's definitely it's like, like WordPress. In- I've I've fiddled around. You know, I, I used to just have a WordPress site, which was taken down. But uh, so I know the feeling and there were a lot of plugins and stuff. You could do it. So I'm just wondering if you had a massive amount, like um, if they really cost you a lot of money by canceling you right away, or you don't even have to answer that question, but I just feel like this has been such such a grassroots effort. You know, it was like, it it was, I was just winging it to begin with anyways. And so, you know, there was never, uh, you know, a large startup fund or anything. It was just totally like bootstraps. Yes, yes, and, right. And so, you know, like sweat equity. Die, right. Just sweat, like in yeah. the in the garage, kind of like Steve Jobs, like we're gonna be like, <laughs> you know, like oh, that's excellent. <laughs> and and so, you know, what the the information that we were spreading was we introduced a social feed. So kind of like Instagram or Facebook. And so people could go and talk about stuff. And so that's what got us in trouble is, you know, people would say, oh, the 5G towers are going to connect to the bioweapon, you know, or you're going to be infertile or this or that, or sharing studies or just, you know, basic First Amendment constitutional rights. Yeah, right. Speech, uh, you know, they would circle it in red and say that, hey, as a developer, you need to delete these individuals 
spreading this harmful misinformation or you need to delete the posts that they're making. And I was like, no. I have a real problem with them uh, censoring like that because there were, I, you're definitely too young to remember, but I remember there being an issue like, can you hand out political flyers at the grocery store? Can the grocery store tell you to that you have to go away? And if I recall correctly, the answer was they cannot tell you to go away, that you have a right to free speech because it's a public place. And they rested that on the fact that there's public, uh, you use public roads to get there. Cops are called if there's a problem there. That's how they define public space. And I would argue that just using patent protection lawyers, that a platform is a free speech platform. I mean, I'm a bit of an anarchist, so I'm not going to say that they don't have a, I feel the a same right. Way. But, yeah, but they piggyback <laughs> on a system that I paid for. You know, the right. government research went into most of this stuff would not have been developed one off by private companies. So I think that you had a right to, I mean, they have nuanced rules about the internet itself, but I think you have a, 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 a historically would have a right. And I felt that way about when I got taken down too, but you yeah. know, and Ross Albrecht is in jail for people transacting on his, um, you know, whatever this, his Silk Road, I forget what they call it. I don't know what this is. I don't know. Ross Alberts. I know people hear about Julian Assange, but not Ross Alberts. He's serving like multiple life sentences for building, a, you know, a dark web platform, but it wasn't really dark. It was just, you know, unregulated and uh, somebody used it to sell drugs. And they said that a 13 year old girl died of those drugs and they used all sorts of malfeasance. I don't know if they trapped him or what, but he just went after him. Yeah, they went after him. And in that process, two of the guys who were investigating him, one was a Secret Service agent and one, I think, was a DA agent, went to jail for their conduct in his investigation. And he was not allowed to bring that up in his trial. And he is in jail right now. And I would say he had an absolute right to oh, not yeah. be responsible for that stuff also. It, you know, and that's what they do, right? Because they own the cops and they own the judges and they own the court system They're and they own cops, they literally <laughs> own every single one of them so that's what they do they do whatever they want um and so we're fighting against this massive system um and you know yeah of course it was just the excuse of oh your first amendment doesn't matter because we're a private entity and we can do whatever we want we're a private entity and blah 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 so did they shut down the whole twitter type thing the social they media shut down type the thing? whole app uh on the apple store Okay. And then Google was in pursuit uh, next. They were going to delete us off the Google store. They were sending us a multitude of threats. They called Google, uh, uh, they used the word deceptive behaviors. I thought that was kind of funny. So they would say that we were being deceptive, um, you know, that yada, yada. So it was, the, it was kind of like, okay, you can't fire us, quit. We don't want to be here anyways. You guys suck. Um, and we're just going to go to a .com because we have more... Um, to, you know, uh, oversight. We don't have to worry about our censorship because I mean, these apps were uh, just absolutely ridiculed. I mean, if you want to make even a, a grammar adjustment, you have to go through a whole entire review process where an app tester goes through, reviews your app. And these are like just, you know, people that are their own opinions, uh, biases. So if you could imagine somebody quadruple boosted going in and reviewing our app, um, you get you get you get flagged every single time. Of course, definitely, <laughs> no doubt. And so dot com was definitely like where we had more, um, you know, freedom. And so uh, yeah, so Injected has been living on on Injected dot com since then, and we're still have our features for dating, friendships, community, and then we also have a community directory listings for blood 
uh, eggs, sperm, breast milk. So that's a little controversial, right? I mean, some people like that IVF thing, are you, what's the, the, the function that you're serving is connecting people, right? Nothing yeah. more than that. So if people can check what they want, because I, I definitely think there's a market for that. And I've been wondering if our entire morality will shift to where you first, you like, you don't actually consider marrying somebody like actually going through with it until she's pregnant. <laughs> like, I think it's going oh. to be. Like they're going to reverse morality. Yes. Quite literally. Children of men was another one that dealt with extreme infertility. And it's already happening. You know, there's people that have been vaccinated that are realizing, oh, wow, I'm not, I'm no longer maybe the partner uh, choice of many now. And, you know, even though they call us the, um, the minority, I would beg to say that there's more unvaccinated people than uh, you know, we could even lead on. I think they've been lying about that. But, you, <laughs> yes. d- you know, we have to, uh, as as a species, you know, we have to protect the integrity of our DNA. We don't know what the long-term consequences of these genetically modifying mRNA bioweapons are going to do, uh, not only to ourselves, but our children, our future generations. Um, you know, I get a lot, of, a lot of flack for the the blood thing, like, oh, like, oh, eugenist stuff, you know? How dare you say something like that? Or people try to associate the word like pure blood, which I don't even use. (laughs) But it's actually just like, you know, you have a right to maintain your DNA. That is your right. And, you know, I'll even take it a step further to say, you guys should look into the Geneva human rights uh, for natural organisms. Because as a natural organism, as a human being, you have humanitarian rights. If you modify your genetic sequence and you are patented, you are owned by someone else and you are quite literally a slave. And we already know that social security cards and birth certificates, these are all slave processes anyways, but they're taking it a step further to actually enslave your genetic code and and use it against you. So, you know, if you're looking for a partner, you should have that in mind. Um, even even friendships and community, because at the end of the day, like what does the government fear the most? People who get together in large numbers who know what's going on. You know, we can sit and talk on the internet all we want, and they love that because we're not together. You know, we're we're spreading information, which is part of the process, but we got to get in person because when they shut off the grid or when they do whatever they're going to do next, only when we have our community and our people around us are we going to be able to be successful against these nefarious evil people. Um, and so, you know, I, I just implore like, you know, yes, is it about spike protein or about partners or it's it's about all the above, but it's also just like, you know, this is the time where we got to come together. <laughs> it's in a very serious way. <laughs> and you, uh, cute. But I also, yes, it's like broader than that in that even if you're not just looking to meet with somebody, you can surely realize that this is a community that's more like-minded. But that yeah. was a very interesting point about how the genetic modification affects like if you own your own genome because I've read quite a bit, you know, a couple of books maybe about the GMO seeds and how they Monsanto was winning lawsuits against people who didn't want to be contaminated by their seeds. Yep. That they were annoyed. Yeah, they were annoyed. And yet Monsanto would win and that they then could not plant their own, the fruits of their own 
harm. And I mean, really, that's such a high form of trespass. I can't, I, I, I don't know if, if anyone ever ruled the other way, I'd have to see, but I don't think so. And I think that they, they didn't because they really absolutely see the precedent they needed to set. But I did not see it coming where it was going to be a human genome. I should have, though, because I like Michael Crichton, and he wrote about that in a, in a book called Next. Yeah. 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 It was and, I, you know, I, I really, I, I don't want to be a fear monger, but, you know, the more that you dive into and follow the money and you look at who owns the patents to these these injections and what their goal is, it's like, you know, two plus two equals four. Uh, so, you know, they're all about the, the depopulation agenda. And so we're the opposite. We're the, the repopulation agenda. <laughs> Can you? Oh, that's excellent. I love that. Because even as soon as Elon Musk talked about the coming population bust, I was yep. like, oh, yeah, the worm has turned. And also China turned uh, off the one child policy, like all these things. And of course, the COVID thing, like all of these things indicate to me that they probably intentionally overcorrected. But then they, you know, that's a that's a ship that takes a long, it takes 10 or 20 years to write. So they're already getting ahead of like, I don't think you're, I don't know. I hear mixed messages now and Roe versus Wade was overturned. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm getting the sense that the worm is turning, you know, and I, I still think they feel like they have some control over it, but rather than, you know, it would be nice to say, they want to have like, you know, if, you, if you're in, in the rabbit hole, like we are. Uh, they want to have supposedly like transhumanism. Yeah, like people yeah. who are, uh, you know, above us, two kinds of people, one above and one like us plebs or plebs. Yeah. Whatever. But then I would say like the answer to that, the answer to that, which would be tunnel people, I call them, or the outlanders are the ones who are pure. And maybe they they, they have some uh, pure people like whatever it is non-gmo people <laughs> in like an heirloom seed bank you know maybe there's an orphanage of, <laughs> of heirloom people <laughs> but but you're you know you're like the amish you're cultivating all these heirloom people which is nice but so how does it work is it similar to just a regular you know a, a dating site in that you you can look for other things than that well, we're introducing lots of new features soon, but right now, currently, where it stands is, you know, you can come into Injected, choose what your profile is going to be for, you know, what you're looking for. Uh, but all of our members get uh, verified right now. So you actually have to attest to your unvaccination status by affidavit. Uh, so you actually say that you understand that lying about your status is sexual misconduct. Um, you know, you can't lie to other partners or to Injected about your status. And um, that's actually how you how you get into the site. We you know verify gender and who you are, who you say you are. Um, that's because ladies are free, uninjected as well. <laughs> nice. Uh, so it's kind of like ladies' night all the time. Um, you know those. Yeah, of, that's excellent. Yeah, you know, as women, you know, there's that kind of proverbial statement out like, "Oh, un unvaxed sperm is an ex Bitcoin." And I'm like, "That's wrong." I'm like, "It's eggs." <laughs> Because the eggs are way more valuable. Yeah, probably not going to be a uh, sperm shortage in any category yeah. ever. Although they are working on it. They are working on it. Sperm counts is down. And there's something I just read about Mexico, like rejecting American corn. And there was a patent 20 years ago. I think maybe Bill Gates bought it or that could be. But it definitely was a patent of this corn called Epicyte, E-P-I-C-Y-T-E, that sterilizes males who consume it. And my guess is 
they were shipping that south of the border in Mexico. Oh, I realized that. But heard I'm yeah, gonna have I could to be look. wrong, but it seems like all the pieces of the puzzle fit together in that yeah. way. So it's not it's not the end of the world, but there are still going to be a lot more sperm than there are eggs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's our ode to ladies. Yes, very nice. Um, <laughs> and so when you become verified, that's when you can um, also select to have access to like blood and fertility directories. We've had to, we used to have those things like public um, where you could just go post, but you know, we've, we've since they've tightened us. Um, so we've had to keep it behind our, uh, right. our special walls, but that we keep it actually with our partner, um, the wellness company, which is where Dr. Peter McCullough hangs his hat. Oh, um, right. So they've, recently helped uh, redo our infrastructure on the back end as well. So now we've even got things um, just more secure, more technically sound than we've ever been ever before. Um, and so they, um, alongside their help, we that's how we help verify people with an injected nurse. Uh, so we keep everything HIPAA compliant. Uh, you know, that's since you're great. medical yeah. information. I mean, it's just a good, it's good security for you that yeah. you have defense if people, because if somebody wanted to come after you, you know, you kind of have to have that stuff in place. Well, and they've tried to do that before. You know, we've had uh, Jimmy Fallon do a whole skit on us about being exposed. A half of it was an entire lie, mind you. But yes, they come after us. Did you <laughs> get a spike in views at the, after that? Oh, yeah. We got like uh, 20,000 new members. I was yeah, like, that's amazing. <laughs> great. Like, wow. Go, go get another booster. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I mean, any PR is good PR. It's true. And um, but for people who like, you know, like you said earlier, an anarchist, maybe if you don't want to be verified, but you still want to use injected, uh, we're going to have a membership option for you as well. So you don't have to go through the whole process of giving, you know, information too much and, um but you can still enjoy and utilize uh, more private carousels at the site as well. So we've got lots of things um, in the works. Once that like Twitter or Telegram type thing went away, do you do you have like a Telegram site or like do you have a place where it's a little more communal or that just they kind of need capped you there? So the social feed uh, was on on the website, yeah, and so. Um, we're actually going to be introducing it back. So when we relaunched with the wellness company just in late July, uh, so we've been kind of okay, rolling yeah. out our features, um, cascading again. So the original uh, social feed, like we had it, it won't be exactly the same, but we are planning on bringing that back. Um, but, you know, of course, yeah, we got lots of social social media pages. Um, we do have a, a weekly podcast called The Injected Show uh, where we love to connect with guests or uh, members, even call and tell us stories. Oh, kind great. Of a remake on Loveline. So we have a toll-free number you can call or you can um, Zoom in. And So you work with Scott Armstrong, Yes. Right? Yes, I have been wanting to get with him for the longest time about uh, callers because I used to have a call-in radio show. Yeah. And the one thing I really miss is being able to actually talk to people. And I knew he'd be the guy. So, that's, so you that's guys what are we're doing trying it. to do. Yeah, that's so great. Scott's... He's our superhero as well. He's on our injected team. And uh, yeah, and so we do that every Friday. We live stream on the injected show. And so we connect with people that way too. How And how do people find that? Is that just on the website or? Anywhere you stream. <laughs> like Odyssey and? Yeah, Odyssey, Rumble, Spotify, like anywhere. Are you on um, we're on Rockfin. Rockfin, yes. Yeah, so you can, um, or you can just find our Instagram at the Injected Show and or yeah. at Injected Official. That will give you more info. What's your website? 
Injected.com. Yeah, I thought so. Injected.com. That's an easy one. That's excellent. Wow. So I'm sure it's all in there. That's great. Yeah, that's super cool. And I could tell Thanks. that, yeah, things were rolling out, that this was, you yeah. know, you're hitting the ground running, but that there was more to come. So that's super cool. I hope it's very robust. I love Ladies Free. That's a great idea. So having been married before, like I'm married to my first and only husband and I yeah. never had to use a dating site. Although in the early years of marriage, I was like, you know, if there had only been a dating site, I might've had someone more compatible. But anyway, we, <laughs> we grew together. <laughs> oh yeah. He doesn't, he's like, what, what? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, funny. did I say that out loud? I just was, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I don't really know how they work, but, uh, so, but you see, because I always think like you've got the reproductive age people. That's one thing. But then you have post-reproductive people or people who are like not ready for that yet, like younger people. So is that just, you know, another box to check? Like, you know, I'm just I'm over. I'm done with that. I'm divorced. I'm not having any more kids. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just like different filter options. So, you know, if you can, yeah, it's a multitude of different uh, you know, algorithms or things that you can choose and then search uh, based you know, search others based on the same things. So if you, you know, wanted children, you could say, oh, I, I you know, I'm going to check that box. Or if I don't, I'm, I'm done. I've already got, you know, like, wait, I More already got enough. three kids. Blood. <laughs> uh, so we're say no. And so, you know, um, or, you know, do like hobbies, interests. We also yeah. have like over 200 interests that you can choose from. Some of them are very cheeky, you know, not ones that you're going to see on other dating sites, like off-gridding or churning butter uh, you know, collecting water, or, you know, emergency <laughs> prep. Uh, so. Oh, I like, okay, so not furries. You don't have a yes. furry box. Okay. No furries. <laughs> we actually have like an opposite furry box, like anti-furry box. But <laughs> it's uh, only recently did I truly understand what that was. Like, I did not understand. It's I unbelievable. really did not understand it. So somebody started sending me pictures like there was a conference and they're like, yeah, it's not what you yeah, think. Yeah, they, they let the children do it in school too. I've heard well, that I mean, schools let them have litter boxes in the bathroom for furry kids. I'm not kidding. You'll get if you want to go on a deep dive. That's one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my I don't know if I'd recover. I try to stay away from that. The rabbit hole within the rabbit hole, like the super dark stuff. But I mean, <laughs> feety pajamas with ears like that. There should be nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing. I cannot believe that that has been corrupted. Like just everything. I'll never look at a Christmas story the same again. <laughs> just like, get that off. <laughs> Your aunt has a problem. Yeah. That's like our running joke on Injected is, uh, you know, we don't have, since we have less population, we don't have any serial killers. We don't have That's any right. pedophiles. <laughs> uh, we don't have any furries. We got... <laughs> we just keep adding to the list. <laughs> yes, that's great. That's great. Okay, so yes, prepping, I totally can get behind. Like, I stay away from electricity or whatever. Yeah. But yes, okay, excellent. So no, yes, yeah, so it's just all filter options. So when you go in, you can, you know, curate your profile to what you're looking for. And then, you know, we even have like age slider bars. So you can choose oh, the nice. age tree you want to, you know, look in. So nice. uh, yeah, like it's, it, it's, it's easy search functions. Yeah, so the age thing is always like super tricky because you need somebody who's young enough to be sexy but old enough to be wise. Like in my, yeah. like that's what they taught me in radio. They're like, never tell anybody your age. They need to put what? an age on you. Yeah, they were like, because they want, 
because everybody's idea of age is different. Okay. So they want to look at you and listen to you and think she's, you know, mature enough, interesting enough, smart enough, but she's also young enough to be sexy. And if you gave them a number that didn't match what they thought was no, that sweet spot. I don't like that. I, I know. Think you should it did always, ruin me. Yeah. You should cherish your birthday. We're I so lucky to be alive. Yeah. And if someone has preconceived notions like their cognitive dissonance on yes. age being a maturity level, you know, I, you know, I, I see okay, what good. they mean, but. Yeah, yeah no, because it actually ruined me. I had no problem with my age until they told me that. And I was like, and they just wanted to like give you like an issue, like for no reason. So it was like sexist stuff. You're saying I was the only yeah. chick. They're like, I think right. radio is not great for chicks because their voices are too high usually. So they're, uh, you know, not really? not in a bad way. Just like it's hard to listen. Listen, like it just it just gets a little uh -huh. high on I the radio. It. Yeah, and uh, so there just aren't a lot of chicks, and there's you know prejudice against. So maybe it was like maybe maybe they were they just were probably hating on you because they were control me. <laughs> There you go. There's some positivity. They hate you because they age you. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I locked my age in back then, so it's never changed anyway. Party right. something and I always will be. So, all right, that's super awesome. So let's, I want to talk about what's happening now, like where you are, but that, so that's uh, unjected.com. It's probably the best place to start. That's awesome. That's where I read your story and um, I'll put in the show notes like our that union of the unwanted that we were together. We can wrap this up again at the end with, um, you know, where you want people to go and who, cool. you know, who, what, anything you want to tell the folks. But in this, um, you know, next little bit, can you, so, uh, yes, I was introduced to you because you were coming out of Maui right on the tail end of those fires. Horrible story. I'm just, just horrified. It, was, it seems to me obviously a land grab, maybe more. Now that some time has passed, can you I mean, maybe just give a little, very short, you know, I don't want you to have to repeat stuff you've said many times, but like a little thing of your experience in that, you know, during those days, and then now what you really think happened, what is happening, just anything you want to kind of give us an update, but I would like to hear if you wouldn't mind, just so people can understand what the situation was, what, how, what your perception of that event was. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it was, I, I would compare this, to, and I mean, I was young when 9-11 happened, but I would say this is the next 9-11 of this uh, generation that is currently being covered up. And so I've lived here on Maui a little over 10 years. I spent actually about four or five of them in Lahaina on Front Street. I've lived on Front Street. I worked on Front Street. So I'm very familiar with this area. My friends are there. Like I, I was like my stomping grounds when I first moved here. And um, my mom actually still worked in Lahaina. So she was, she barely escaped that day, uh, actually. And so, you know, she also had a different perspective. Um, and so, um, you know, pretty much immediately from when she came home, I knew something was nefarious when she said that, you know, the police were barricading her, her in uh, onto Front Street because she works at one of the last exits onto the highway. So there's like no reason that she shouldn't have been able to just leave. And Sure enough, she goes to leave and there's a cop that says, you just need to go back into Front Street. You need to go that way into the fire. Uh, and and they had blocked off every exit, you know, since, I mean, you know, after the fire, there was no military. Uh, the officials didn't know about it for 12 hours. Citizens were left to clean up bodies. I mean, it was an actual horror scene. And I would say that 
I would say the death count is in the thousands. Do you and they really are- think so? Because how much could the population have been to start out with? I mean, that would be like a 15%. Oh, maybe not, but it would be like so, a, a lot, like one in 10, like a true decimation maybe. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, it's, what's interesting is I think they use this as a flagship experiment because we're so isolated and it's easier to pull off things when you're in an isolated yes, area. Yes. And you, they, they can cut off communication and, you know, people don't even actually know what's going on. And, uh, you know, quite literally, you know, they say in the census that Lahaina had about 13,000 plus people. I would beg to say there was at least 10,000 or more undocumented citizens from countries all over. Or even just didn't register as living there. You know what I mean? Like, that's not weird. But like many people working just cash jobs under the table, too terrified to say that they were in this experience, um, one. So I, I really do think that the count is extremely high. I think that the media is lying about it. They, you know, they immediately built a large fence around all of the disaster zone. (laughs) (laughs) They've arrested homeowners for trying to go in. I mean, when is a natural disaster occurred where the uh, FBI shows up, the National Guard, they build a fence around it. They arrest you to go in there. There's a no-fly zone. Um, and you cannot park or go into the town. This is a crime scene. No fly and zone is the one thing that they cannot possibly have any justification because they could, for everybody else, they could say you could get hurt. There's something we're not sure if there's yep. exposed gas lines or whatever, but a no fly zone. The no fly zone is really curious one. Uh, like a you drone? Know, you can't send a, like a camera no drone? drone. <laughs> no, no t- drones or commercial flights uh, or private flights. And they claimed they started the, the flight restriction on August 14th through like the 23rd, which mind you was a week after the fire. And they claimed the reason being was to have a safe area to fight fires, even though the fire was extinguished. That literally makes not one bit of sense. Um, the pilot logs for 8-8 have yeah. also been scrubbed. Um, so whatever these pilots were seeing when they were coming into Maui is also being covered up. Um, you know, I personally went down to the forensic facility and I saw the refrigerated trucks uh, being guarded by tactical command police. He said that there was bodies in there. He said it. So, um, you know, they literally took this official death count and then they resurrected people from the dead. It's actually been going down. Uh, <laughs> they, they said it's been going down. Um, and so, mind you, that, yeah, no undocumented people, no tourists are included in this count. We're still about 500 children are missing. And really? um, I'm sorry, where is the, uh, you know, they're just claiming that we're crazy people for even asking about where missing children are. But um, they're saying, oh, they left island. They, you know, maybe are in private school somewhere else or they're on online school. They have no count for the children. Are there any parents saying that their own children are missing or is it whole families that seem to be missing? That, do you know? I mean, I don't, you're not. <laughs> I fear that many families have perished as a whole. Right. Um, because no, I, you know, there has not been. And that's kind of like why it feels like such a twilight zone because you're like, right. where are the children and where are the parents? Yes, where right. is where is anybody um, talking about this? It's it's bizarre, um, but I know that it's they they've officially said that only one child has passed. But I know somebody that pulled nine children out of the water himself dead. So this is a lie. There's hundreds of I mean, it's 
Like wow. I literally could, I could actually right, scream about it. Yeah, sorry. Um, but to sorry. be honest, I, no, it's okay. It's, it's what I think I'm here to mm-hmm. help unveil. And actually in the process of this, I've actually helped co-author a book. Um, you can go or, order it now. It's on Amazon. It's called Burn Back Better. Oh my um, gosh. Wow. So yeah. that's great that you're getting, because now is when people want to read the truth. If you yeah. can, as much and this as you is can like put together. The dissertation of like, because there's so many details. I mean, the amount right. of details that we could, t- we could probably talk for three hours just on the fire. And so we've taken this information. Um, it's uh, actually help, co-authored with my friend, um, uh, Stephanie Perucci. She's a wonderful author. Um, she actually was the one who introduced me to the wellness company. So she oh, holds cool. a, near, uh, a dear spot in my heart. Um, and so we came together to um, compile this information and this book, Burn Back Better. And of course, why is it named that? Because we know Build Back Better is bullshit, quite frankly. <laughs> and this is disaster capitalism and mass murder through actual destruction of land. They want us to have to flee our homes and go to their FEMA camps. And they want to destroy the land. And um, they want to clear it for their, you know, their smart cities. The, the new thing is smart cities is, are not going to be green. You know, they're going to be yeah. concrete. They're going to be paved. Yeah, and they, so yeah. you got to start somewhere. <laughs> they had um, this, I did a lot of work on 15-minute cities. And prior to COVID, they called them digital cities. And they just didn't right. catch on. But they just, the whole thing, they literally changed the name to make it more like deceptive and what it was meant to do. And I just heard somebody say the SMART acronym, S-M-A-R-T, means something. You know, I don't Ooh. know if it's, if know someone that. was joking or whatever, surveillance. I'll have to look it up in a second. But there, there was an expression that I noticed in one of your, uh, in, in Maui, there was like a, a bill that had come out right before that had, yeah. it wasn't Build Back Better. It was, it had a different An emergency proclamation. But it was actually before there was a problem and it was called something. I can't believe uh, that I don't have my hands, my fingers. Are you talking about the HRC? The emergency proclamation law that Josh Green signed. Oh, was that before the fires? Yeah. So we, yeah. it was on July 17th. He signed his emergency proclamation that gave him carte blanche ability to do land development um, after a natural disaster. It gave the the state complete ability to to seize the land if there was a natural disaster. And he also repealed the Sunshine Law during that, which is the actual public uh, having like public discussion on the development. So he repealed that as well. So, I mean, it's just, does it get more obvious? There was another, it was, I think it was tangential. I don't think it was directly related to the fires, but it was called Build Beyond Barriers. And there's- Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah, that was one of the things. I have it as, um, it was about, that it was a cost of living emergency and they needed to like bring in maybe affordable housing. And that was before the emergency too. And I just feel like that dovetailed with that, that bill to foreshadow uh, a reason to want to clear that land. And I remember I always, I love Maui. Like I live in LA now and the only good thing about, you know, that I felt hopeful about moving to LA was how close it was to Maui. And I just uh, totally wanted to go there all the time. Anytime we can take a vacation, I'll always go to Maui. And I remember, and I even have some connections with people who live there. 
And I just remember thinking, wow, people can live here. Like, wow, you know? <laughs> and I guess telling my husband, like, we should buy a place in Miami. Like, we should just live there. And he's like, I didn't know this place is really expensive. I was like, no, I think normal people can live there. Like, we could try to figure it out. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, somebody else noticed that. And they were just like, look at these normal people living here. We need to light this on fire. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, and not to laugh because yeah. I know it's a horrible, horrible situation. But it's, I yeah. find if you cannot laugh sometimes at the at the absurdity of what it looks like these guys, they're in closed room meetings. People, they know people are going to die sometimes when they do these cockamamie things. Oh, yeah, they do. You know? If just, people knew how evil these puppets in the shadows were, you know, and they would literally jump off buildings. And it would... They had, would be, they did. That's what they did on 9-11. Like, those people blew their buildings up and they had to jump out the windows because they were burning to right. death. And, like, that is people a metaphor. People would commit suicide yes, if they that, knew how evil... That is evil, a metaphor for... Evil day. <sighs> and, um, you know, and it, it doesn't get more... Uh, like, you know, I, I believe they put everything in her face. Like, jo like, even the name, Josh Green. Like, they're just making fun of us. He's obviously <laughs> left puppet. Kidding. We yeah, Josh means that. kidding. <laughs> you know, he travels all around and talks about how Hawaii is going to usher in the smart city. But, you know, he's been doing this since a lot. You know, this is not new for Josh Green. He was up on his whiteboard talking about how great the vaccine was just two years ago. You know, he's nothing new about this character. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that this was... A very intentional land grab. It was, you know, the most ancestral Hawaiian land, um, you know, that's been passed on for generations and generations. And uh, it's worth billions of dollars. And uh, there's so many millions of eyes that look at Hawaii and come visit here. And they want to use it as a, a template so they can recreate it other places because these people are evil and nefarious and they actually use astrology on their side and they use energy on their side and they use everything on their side. And they know that Hawaii is an energetic portal. They call it the Stargate portal. Um, it's a place to breed um, nefarious activities from this mother womb of the earth. And that's why they wanted to, you know, do this here. And they did bomb the people as far as I'm concerned. I do feel like this is a domestic act of terrorism, whether it was arson, whether it was a direct energy, whether it was some sort of technology used on the people, I absolutely think so. Um, and that's why they're going to great lengths to cover it up um, because there is a massive amount of children who are also in this casualty. But I, um, you know, what I think in this moment also, you know, and we get into the, in the book, especially um, as deep and horrible as all of this is, um, we can use this template for freedom as well. And we can, you know, lift the veil uh, for even more people who are still yet getting red pills and going, <laughs> wait a second, yeah. maybe, maybe they do want to mass murder us. <laughs> maybe the government is I out mean, to completely Every time I us. think like, you know, just don't always think the worst of a new story or maybe I overreacted. Those are the only times that I have to kind of like issue a retraction like gee i was sorry that i am sorry that guy is a complete fraud like anytime like yeah. i've ever and it's rare that i kind of give somebody the benefit of the doubt rare but the few times that i have it's just i mean you just see that it's just not true um and i'm yeah. i'm looking up smart it looks like it means specific measurable attainable realistic and timely 
but that means it absolutely nothing. That <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Because it's written in all caps. It's written in all caps. So I was like, what could that mean? It has to mean something. I I bet there's still more to it. Oh, there's yes. Because yes. you were on to something with the surveillance on the end. Yes, surveillance, like, mm. monitoring, yeah. you know, analytics. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> recon <laughs> and uh, technocracy. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So two T's for total technocratic totalitarianism. There we go. So yes, I agree. And I actually do feel like Maui is, and Hawaii generally, but like Maui specifically is just the most perfect place on earth. Like both what yep. we were talking about in Union of the Unwanted, like it is the most remote piece of land on earth. It's as far away from other land. It's further away from other land than any other piece of land. And uh, which is funny because they called it the Sandwich Islands, like when England first, like, why are they, what was it? You know what I mean? Like it's sandwiched between right? nothing, like two sides <laughs> yeah. of the Pacific Ocean. And I mean, it's just paradise. And I even wonder uh, about like the chemtrails here in LA drive me crazy. And just, I just don't like it. And I thought Hawaii would be a place where it would be hard to kind of keep them over the land because Yes. Yeah, they would just move past it. Like you'd yep. have to really plan ahead. So do you feel like you're a little bit protected from that? That was the number one reason I wanted to move to Maui. Yeah, actually, it's a great point. So with our trade system, which is, you know, totally unique to only here in the world where it, you know, swirls off and around. Yeah, it is hard to keep like a chemtrail system here. Um, and even actually uh, the day of the fire, people reported seeing a lot of spraying and like, Chemtrail like uh, fumes in the air. And it would have it was to be really, lower, you know. Yeah, it was like it kind of like a haze. It was definitely whatever it was. It was it was adding to you know maybe fire starter like we know with they put aluminum yeah, in yeah, there yeah, and all definitely yeah. Well, I think that they were doing something the day of to help aid in that. Um, you know, but yes, like any other place, do they want to just destroy? Yes, I thankfully know. the. The elites live here, mm -hmm. so many of them. So it's like, do they want to completely demolish where they live? I doubt it. Um, I almost wonder, like, is it nothing to do with them in, like, smart cities? And it's actually to do more with, uh, you know, maintaining U.S. military occupation on Hawaii because we're going to plan a future war with China. And, that you too. know, military of that. are expiring for Pearl Harbor. What does that mean? You know, we have to, this is an illegally annexed, yep. you know, territory. You know, the only reason that Hawaii is a state <laughs> is because, yeah. you know, the military stole it. So, um, you know, is that how they further push um, occupation here? Because, you know, this is the only spot between here and Asia. Well, and I'm uh, sure you know, this, Asia would want to occupy it. Like if there is a war, mm -hmm. like that would be where they'd want to be. So it's like That's definitely true. the forward party would be there. And even if it's, yeah. even if it's not an actual hot war, even if it's a trade war or whatever, even if it's an immigration right. war, they would want, that would be the place to want to be. Yeah, I've, I've always yeah. thought that it had some really, uh, just like the most value. So it, it, I would think that they want it occupied exclusively with people they can control. And, and of course, like the bigger they are, the harder they fall. They're going to get the guys who have a lot to lose and would never stand their ground. I mean, I've seen that yeah. happen. Wow. So yes, I... I'm sure that that was a super painful situation and it's still lingering in, in that and that, you know, you have to just turn yeah. that off to be able to talk about it. So I really appreciate that you're willing to do that probably for the millionth time. And no, it's okay. I do appreciate it. So, and uh, your 
the unchecked at your endeavor sounds really interesting. And I'm so glad that they didn't get you down. Like I would have been, I was totally deterred when I, my tiny little WordPress site went away. Like I never rebuilt it really. I was just like, Oh, I give up. (laughs) I give up. So it's great that you, that you didn't give up and that you have support and um, energy. And it sounds like something that, you know, totally voluntary. People don't like some of the aspects of it. They don't have to, you know, engage in it and you can just not check that box and not deal with that, you know, process. So that's super cool. And why don't you just recap, tell people the best place to find you and, uh, and then I'll, I'll probably see you again sometime on the union of the unwanted. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on and, and helping spread the word, you know, even further about our mission and of course about, about the fire, you know, it's, it's as devastating as it is. I don't mind to talk about it because people need to know. And it's our job as as truth seekers and as warriors in this time that it doesn't matter how painful something is, we have to help shine light on the darkness, you know, to help it scurry away. Um, so I appreciate you having me here and thank you. Um, and so everyone can go, um, you know, find me on injected.com. We have uh, our Instagram and uh, Twitter at injected official. And then you can, of course, find the podcast at The Injected Show. Uh, and then, gosh, what else? Uh, yeah, we live stream on Friday evenings if you ever want to join us there. And uh, Burn Back Better, you can go order it on Amazon right now for pre-order. It'll be out on October 1st. And geez, I think that's all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll put all of that in the show notes, which people can find at monicasdeepdives.com. If you think of anything, you can always shoot me a little email after. I thank you so, so much for your time and your efforts and your energy. Shelby Hosanna of Unjected, thank you very much for being here. This is Monica Perez, and thank you all for listening.